So our text today is from Paul's letter to the Ephesians, and that is Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1 through 7. And chief Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1 through 7. I want you to listen to the word of the Lord as I both use the new life and modern English translations. I, Paul, am being held in prison because of working for the Lord. Therefore, I ask you from my heart to live and work in a manner worthy of the calling which you were called. With all humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another in love, be eager to keep the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. There is one body, one spirit, even as you were called in one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of the gift of Christ. There is a word from the Lord today as we return to worship inside the sanctuary that is through Bethel. And I'm pleased to share it with you in a teaching that I've entitled Living a Life Worthy of Your Calling. Living a Life Worthy of Your Calling. Pray with me please. Father, we thank you for our return to your house of worship and for us to worship you in spirit and in truth. Lord, I ask that you let me be your vessel to give your people, your people a word. And it's in your son Jesus' name that I pray. Let us all say amen, 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 amen. and amen. amen. Now, biblical scholars will tell us that the book of Ephesians was written by Paul was written, I mean, it was not written by Paul, I should say, and it was written by someone after Paul's death, a follower of Paul. But the author of that book uh, is writing long after Paul's visit to the region. And the letter and the passage are written to a church primarily compiled, uh, comprised of Gentiles who have little or no perception of being part of a church with a connection to Jews, with a connection to Israel, or perhaps even a connection to God. Because remember, people are worshiping all sorts of different gods and have multiple gods and all of those sorts of things. And so this letter is written to advise the, the Jews, the, I'm sorry, the Gentiles of this church of their calling. The writing is meant to give instructions. The writing is meant to give instructions about Israel and the historic place where the Jews came to preach, where Jesus came to preach, where Jesus came to heal, where Jesus came to die, and where Jesus came to rise again. The writing of Ephesians is meant to give information about God's mercy, God's grace, God's peace, and the love of God that we all share with each other. 
in essence, what this book of Ephesians is trying to do, what the writer is trying to do, is to give instructions on how to live a life that is worthy of your calling. How to live a life that is worthy of your calling. As we return to in-person worship, after 17 months, think about it, 17 months of being apart, it is only fitting that we remind ourselves of our own calling. Now, this reminder is not to review exactly what happened the moment that you were called, but rather it's to review what is our call all about. Because I submit to you, like other people will tell you, that I don't have a burning bush story. I don't have some story that I was doing one thing at the club, and then I left the club, and poof, I became a Christian. I don't have that kind of story. Others may do, but most of us don't. Becoming a Christian and answering the call, it's kind of like learning how to ride a bicycle. Anybody remember learning how to ride a bicycle? You, you, you get on the bicycle, and you start riding, and you fall off. You get on the bicycle, and you start riding, and you fall off. You get on the bicycle, and you start riding, and you fall off. And then suddenly, somehow, some way, you get balance, and you start riding, and it's all okay. Now, that doesn't mean that you don't fall off the bicycle occasionally or things happen, but you're able to ride. And for me, that's my, that's my calling story. That's my burning bush. And so, as we gather this morning, again, after 17 months of being apart from worshiping in the sanctuary, the question is, are we living a life worthy of our calling? Are we living a life worthy of our calling? And answering that question, I think we must first understand what is a calling? What do we mean by a calling? Now we can find that answer in verse 1 of chapter 4 when the writer, in the name of Paul, declares himself a prisoner. Declares himself a prisoner. Now, many times you'll see that and you think, oh, Paul must be someplace in prison. Not really. While it's true that Paul did spend some time in prison for teaching and preaching the gospel, what the writer is saying that in the best way, Paul is a prisoner to the call of God. Paul is a prisoner in the call to the call of God. And in the best way, Paul is a prisoner in the call of God in terms of the service of God. And that's the best type of prisoner, to be a prisoner to the Christian way of life. The writer puts it best in, chapter, in verse 14 of chapter 4 of Ephesians, when he says what it means to be a prisoner of the call, when he says this, we are no longer children subject to being tossed to and fro, being blown about by every wind of doctrine, by people's trickery, by their craftiness and deceitful scheming. Think about it. For the last 17 months, we have demonstrated what it means to be a prisoner to the call. For while we have been away from this building called New Bethel, those of you who are prisoners of the call, those of you who are, are faithful to what God has called you to do, have allowed this church to 
prosper. With members holding firm to their call, you have lived a life worthy of your call. We have fed the hungry with food drives. We have tended to our sick and shut-ins. We have worked with our young people not enough, but we have, and I thank Sister Harvey and Sister Brazil for what they did the last two weeks going to uh, the, the, the meeting, that we, the picnic meeting that we had in uh, Millsville, and then also going to Augusta. They had a good time. And we also have built an ability to share the gospel online and also in print. Remember, that living a life worthy of your calling is being a prisoner for God. And being a prisoner for God in the very best way. Now, the writer says this in verse 2 and 3. He talks more about how we can be worthy of, of our calling by saying that we must have these three things. We must have humility. We must have gentleness. And we must have patience. Humility, patience, and gentleness. Now, I believe that when Donald Trump was in office, humility, gentleness, and patience was in short supply. But that has not been the case if you have been living a life worthy of your calling. Because since these last 17 months, we have learned the value of humility as we all, all have had to change the way that we live our lives. And even now when we thought, oh, this thing is over with, I can get rid of this mask, I don't have to walk around with doing this, I don't have to social distance, and boom, we're right back into the soup again. That takes humility. And saints, during these last 17 months, we have learned the goodness of gentleness as we have given and received acts of kindness. We have given and received acts of kindness. I don't care who you are. If you are walking in, 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 the, in your call, those two things will happen. You will be kind to someone and before you know it, someone will be kind to you. Because that's part of our call. And saints, I know that during these last 17 months, we have learned the meaning of patience. Patience as we have to wait to see loved ones who live out of town or out of state or even cross town because we didn't want to get contaminated with the virus and we didn't want to contaminate them. Patience as we watch sporting events, concerts, and even Sister Hodges, our own legacy readers theater perform without an audience. And patience as we put up with slow internet connections and as we put up with drop calls on our cell phones and as we spent far too much time waiting for that package from Amazon to come. But Saint Celia's thing is the amazing thing about the verses that we're studying. 
And the amazing thing about the Word of God, it was written centuries ago, but it has so much application to what we're going through right now. So in calling for us to live a life worthy of our calling, the writer says in chapter 4, verse 3 and 7, that we should make every effort to maintain unity of the Spirit and a bond of peace. Unity of the Spirit and a bond of peace. The writer reminds us that there is one Lord, that there is one faith, that there is one baptism, and that there is one our hope is built on what? Nothing less than Jesus' love and righteousness. And the writer said that because what people do is they, they, they put their unity of spirit in a bond of peace and so many things that are not of the Lord. The writer is saying that our one faith is with the Lord, not with some faith in some president or governor or senator, or mayor. Our faith is in one baptism, not being baptized in some cult, not being baptized in some other thing, but being baptized in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and in the name of the Holy Spirit. And that our hope, our hope is with the Lord. Our hope is with the Lord. That's why Sister Eva made sure that a note got to us today that we're going to pray for her mama. Pray for my mama. Pray for her. Because our hope is in what? It's in the Lord for the Lord to take care of her mama. And I know Sister Dale's hope is where? Amen. In the Lord. Amen. Amen. So, the writer reminds us, again, that there's one Lord, one faith, one baptism, and one hope. And that our hope is to live with grace according to the measure of Christ's gift. Now, what's the gift of Christ? The gift of Christ is salvation. That's the gift of Christ. God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. So we are to live a life worthy of our call because of the salvation. But answering the call means more than just receiving the salvation of God. Answering the call means that we as disciples of Christ must go about the call of making other disciples. We have to make other disciples. And while we've been away from our church building, we at New Bethel have shared the gospel. We have shared the gospel. I am convinced of that. And we've shared it in so many ways. But we need to do more. We need to do more in this community of East Dublin and Dublin proper, and we need to do more with our young people. That's why the Lord has put on my heart, and I've been talking about this for a while, that we should restore that house in Dublin that was a and make it 
for use for ministry. And the ministry is not for me to live in the house or this, or, or, as your pastor. The ministry could be that we renovate the house and somebody else lives in it and they've got affordable housing. The ministry could be that we renovate the house and it's used for some social service organization. The ministry could be that because that house got renovated and looks nice, the other houses in the community may look nice. We don't know what it is right now, but we're going to renovate that house. Just like we said, we're going to pay off the mortgage. We did it. We're going to renovate that house. And since paying off our mortgage in February, we have put away, your officers have seen fit to put away that $420 that we've been paying to the bank. And also the dollar a day money that you've been paying, that we hope that you will keep paying. Because what we've done with that money is we put it into a building fund. And we have now slightly over $5,000 in that building fund, in that account. And we're going to keep adding to that account. We will grow those funds to use for that remodeling. But living a life worthy of our call is also meaning that we invest in our youth. As I've said many times during these 17 months, uh, I take personal responsibility that, that I have not done a good enough job in connecting with the kids, connecting with our youth that are either here in the church or the youth who are out there that we need to connect with. And, and so the thing I've talked about that we're going to work on and do in the summer of 2022 is to have a youth camp. Now, it's going to start small, so don't expect some big thing or anything like that. that. We may not have many children to start off with, but the hope is that we, that we, that we interact with some, some kids and, and give them a camp experience in, in a couple of different ways. Uh, Sister Harvey and Sister Brazil and Zach and others experience some of that. With, with, with the Youth Congress, that we can, that we can take some kids, and, and my vision is that we take some kids, and for a week, we do stuff here locally with them. And then the second week, we take them to a real camp that someone runs, and we, we pay for it, and they are at that camp. And then the, and then the end of that, they go to the Youth Congress. Now think how powerful that's gonna be, and how on fire those kids may come back to the Lord. And then they start school, and then we and then we work really hard to make sure that we pick them up, that they're here in church, that we have them in choir, and all sorts of things that we do with them. That's the vision for at least the first year of the youth camp. And we'll do that and grow it. Not large at first, small, with a small number of kids. Depending on somebody else's youth camp to actually do the work for the second week with them, but the first week. We do work with them. So stay tuned as we as we talk more and more about that. You know, when we're talking about answering the call, many folks, including myself, think about answering the telephone. That's what I used to think about when I was answering the call, you answer the telephone. And it reminds me of this story. This is man received a call from his doctor. And the doctor says, I have some good news and I have some bad news for you. And the man says, okay, all right, well give me the good news. The doctor says, the good news is this, you have 24 hours to live. 
the man says, oh, wait a minute. How is that good news? All right, what's the bad news? And the doctor says, the bad news is I forgot to call you yesterday. Okay, my jokes don't work with an audience. Yeah, y'all laugh. Okay, good news, bad news. I forgot to call you yesterday. <laughs> Softly and tenderly, Jesus is calling. Jesus is calling for us to live a life worthy of your calling. And if you're ready to answer your call, the doors of the church are open, and they've always been open. If you're online and in the church and you want to answer your call, just pray with me. Father, I am a sinner, and I come seeking your grace. I'm answering your call so that I can live a life worthy of the gift that you have given me. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Let us all say, amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer, you are now saved. But salvation takes work. And at New Bethel, we are about doing the work. If you're here in the sanctuary in a few moments, I'm going to come down. I'm going to ask you to take my hand. If you're online, just give me a call. Give me a call. Um, and you can call me or text me at my number. Those of you who have been watching for these last 17 months, you should know my number my heart. It is 608-358-1309. 608-358-1309. Just give me a call. Send me a text. And uh, we can start, as many have while we've been away, this dialogue of faith. Now, let us sing our hymn of invitation. This is hymn number 649 in the African uh, American Heritage Hymnal, and hymn number 130 in the AME Hymnal. And we're going to sing At the Cross, At the Cross, where I first saw the light, and the burdens of my heart roll away. It was there by faith I received my sight, and now I am happy all the day. Well, you stand up in the sanctuary, and again, if someone wants to give their life to Christ, they can. And if you're online and watching, you can also give your life to Christ by this call. Saints, remember there are three ways to give to New Bethel. You can go online to our website, nbcdublin.com, and click on our gift button, or you can text to give by texting NBC150 to 888 364 4483. 
or you can give by mailing to Post Office Box 1690, Dublin, Georgia, 31040. Bless you, and thank you so much for giving to New Bethel.